Do you hold a deep-seated desire to feel outraged? Or do you just find yourself wondering why everyone's fighting all the time about things that don't seem to matter? Well, it's 2021. If you're not pissed off about something, you mustn't be paying attention. I'm Jay. And I'm Reg. And we're going to find out. Why are they mad? We've already done this. Why are you doing it again? Why do you have to be mad? Why do you have to be mad? Why do you have to be mad? Right in front of me! You know your, you know your all-time favorite movie, Nacho Libre? Yeah. Have you ever seen the making of that? Uh, yeah, of course. I was actually a part of it. I made that. <laughs> I made the yeah. making of. Well, there's a... I know you haven't seen it. <laughs> there's a bit in it. There's a bit in it where uh, Jack Black talks about his warm-up exercises. Like, his vocal warm-up exercises. Yeah. I think we should give it a shot. Okay. So he does, like... You know the thing where you, like, uh, roll your lips? Like... You know that? Yeah. Is that you just, are you just deep... pushing air out your mouth? It's like you... you yeah, base, and it makes your lips, like, Like, vibrate, around. yeah. Twi- I don't know what you can right. just twirling or rolling, but it's vibrating, well, right? Anyway, so he takes a deep breath in and he does that for as long as he can. So let's try that for All our right. vocal warm up. <gasps> oh, that's as long as I can do it for. Okay. <laughs> did you do it? I did it for ages. Well, I, I don't okay. think my mic is picking up on it though, because it's like it's like this isn't yeah. this isn't a human sound. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do you feel warmed up now? Maybe I can do some really good versions of that though. Check this out. I can go. <laughs> isn't that pretty cool? <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> what the fuck was that? It's a small aeroplane taking off. Oh, this sucks so. Cause I've got, oh, but I've got like shitloads of ulcers in my mouth. And so, Why? Because I'm, I'm a filthy man. Have you been but, smoking again? No, I'm just a stunk bug. I got fucking ulcers <laughs> on shit all through my mouth. I don't know how I get them. It just happened. I think it's because my mouth gets dry overnight, and then <laughs> I like talk in the morning, and because my mouth's so dry, it like rubs. It like rubs my gums together and stuff. I think that's how I get them. I reckon it's probably not that. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Look, I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. I got ulcers in well, my mouth. You just need, you need to get Listerine. Just switch Listerine oh, every day. Fucking no! It <laughs> sounds horrible. I don't do it. I just yeah, like to. I just, I, I just eat chips and shit because it's got salt on it and it closes them all up, so I don't feel them for a little no, bit. That's probably what's giving you the ulcers. Maybe you're eating. Are you eating like sourdough and stuff? Am I eating sourdough? No, I'm not. <laughs> well, I'm not sourdough part of the cuts my mouth open. <laughs> I'm part of a bourgeoisie. I don't get sourdough. Okay. Uh, All I get is white toast bread. Well, that is the best one to do because it is the softest bread mm. and it feels the nicest oh, in your mouth. Speaking of, I bought the super crunchy peanut butter. Yeah. Nah. Too crunchy. It's too crunchy. Yeah. I thought that that wouldn't be an issue. I thought I was thinking in my head when I saw it. I was like, the more crunch, the better. Now, when I was younger, I used to, um, like, I used to, it used to be, like, crunchy or no peanut butter. But now I've actually, now I actually think smooth is better. Smooth isn't better, though. It's, it's always crunchy, but super crunchy, it's like, I was thinking it was, like, more crunch per capita could only mm. be better. It's not. 
It, 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 it leads to too much crunch. There's, there's too many things that aren't butter and too many things that are peanut. <laughs> I think, especially if you're going to put jam in your sandwich, like a peanut butter jelly sandwich. That's probably, yeah, it's probably it, going too much. It needs to be, it needs to be smooth peanut butter. Alright, episode two. Satanic panic. Kids can be confusing. When people don't understand something, often their first response is to be afraid. Fear can lead to overreactions that cause real harm. So what happens when adults start to suspect that their children are being influenced by none other than Satan himself, hiding in plain sight in the music they listen to, the games they play, the books they read? How would that affect a household, a school, a small town? And what if that myth gets repeated so many times that it becomes true? Well, hold on to your rosary. And let's find out in episode two, Satanic Panic. But first, this week in anger. All right. So this week in anger, do you want to tell me what's gotten you angry? Well, I think first I just want to mention, I we got some, we got some great feedback last week on our show. Mm. Like it, it was nice. Everyone was, you know having a good time with it, laughing with us and at us, all that. I also love but, Yes Men. Yeah, well, that's the thing. We had a lot of Yes Men. Yeah, I, and, I have an entire posse of them, actually. It's yeah. pretty crazy. I don't know how to get away from it most of the time. For me, it's not really an issue. I prefer to live in that mind frame of everything I do is, you know, objectively sick. Mm, that's true. Well, usually it is. Thanks. With, yeah. with no, with me. You know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we got we got pretty good feedback, but one thing that I heard specifically was a denial that pubes are often found in urinals. I mean, it's just not true, is it? It's there. There are definitely pubes found all throughout urinals, all throughout history. That, I have never been to a urinal. Like, at one of those single-person urinals, you know, like the white ones. Mm. I don't think I've ever not seen pubes in a urinal. Actually, I have a story that relates back to today where something happened yeah. at a urinal. So, was it at Ikea? No, it was, it was at my work, actually. I had okay. just gone out and done my job, and I went to the bathroom to celebrate finishing. I was like, okay, mm. cool. You know, get to go pee. Sweet. I go into the urinal. I look at the urinal. I'm like, hmm, that's strangely clean. I do my I do my business, and then I look up, and there's a post-it note right in front of me that says, "Not in order." <laughs> and I was You're like, "Just in the broken urinal." They're all broken, apparently. I didn't see any of the post-it notes. I walked in in some type of like you know urinal oh, yeah. urinal haze instead of a fugue mm. state. I didn't notice any of these post-it notes, and so how I do, so what how I do I urinals did, get broken? I don't know. What I did was I took the post-it note off for one that I peed in. <laughs> <laughs> and I put it on the floor, so then in my head it was like, they're going to think, oh, they must have, this one knocked on the floor yeah. and they must have thought this one was working. Yeah, or they're going to think, this is a working urinal, and it's yeah. going to be, it's going to be a fucking piss tsunami in your work <laughs> bathroom, because everyone's using this one broken urinal. <laughs> yeah, maybe, you- but it's not on me, you see. I mean, it technically <laughs> is, but it's not going to relate back to me, so it's like I never did anything wrong. Well, anyway, you- as I was leaving the, the bathroom after realizing my mistake and putting the 
post-it note on the ground, the cleaner then walked in <laughs> right <laughs> after me, and I was like, I need to go. I need to leave. I don't know if he recognizes my face. I need to go. Yeah. Uh, do, do you reckon maybe urinals are always going out of order because there's so many pubes in them and they get clogged? Yeah, maybe, actually. That could be exactly the reason. I'm not entirely sure, though. I think they're probably just very complex urinals. I don't know. What Should they be? Shouldn't it just be like a hole that leads into like a piss pipe that, you know, directly goes into the ocean? I mean, Isn't my, that how toilets work? Do you remember my dad built his man shed? Uh, I mean, I remember that he had a man shed. I don't remember him building it. Well, he built it at a strenuous time in his life when there was too many kids in the household. And so he would practically just escape right after dinner and go into his man shed. And I don't know what he would do in there. Don't really need to know what he did in there. But I do know that he built uh, this really complex mechanism where it was a... uh, So it was like a garden hose that would run from inside to the outside and he'd put a funnel in it. And he had that pinned against the wall. So he built a urinal. He built a urinal, yeah. <laughs> so I I remember being like seven years old and sitting in a class. Remember how in like primary school they'd get everyone to sit cross-legged on the floor? Mm. And in primary school, you always had to ask permission to go to the toilet. Yeah. Like, you, you can't just like pee as you wish when you're a child. You have to, everyone has to know that you're going to do it. Mm. And I, I remember I used to fantasize about having a tube that went from my penis and connected <laughs> all the way into the urinal yeah. like, at the age of seven. And then later in life, I realized that's a catheter. Yeah, it's and a catheter. Yeah, that could be a reality one day. <laughs> catheter Coney over here. He just dreams of catheters. So, uh, from last week, for those who didn't tune in or those who did tune in, it was about the Cleveland Indians, the baseball team, and, uh, you know, surrounding racist controversy of them. But the thing is, after doing my research, my very small amount of research, might I add, I don't... I don't think I don't research. research. I, I don't research these episodes. I just come and sit down. Um, Jay did the researching, but I think I must have Googled something about them. Maybe it was their logo or whatever the case was, out of curiosity... And now, I won't stop getting live updates about their current live scores. (laughs) But I guess the best part about this is that I can now finally, you know, uh, put it to bed that they are the worst team in the league because they are always losing. Yeah. Their scores are always atrocious. I wake up in the morning, it's it's 7-0. I wake up in the afternoon, it's 7-0, you know? They also play, like, every day. Maybe they'd be better if they weren't, like, slavers. That's what I was the, wondering about. They the play baseball. all the time. I'm always yeah. getting more scores from them, and it's always, you know, something zero. I don't know how they could, like, how do you maintain the morale on your team? I think it's the thing with baseball is, like, they don't really need morale. They just need to stand there and be able to swing a bat <laughs> really fucking hard. <laughs> I mean, some like, of them have to go stand out in the field, right? I, I was reading about the um, the fattest ever baseball player. Yeah, and he was just he was just like gargantuan man, and his Wikipedia page he just he died at like thirty five. Jeez, <laughs> he that's was, so early. he was like a pro athlete. 
He was. Like, <laughs> I don't know if he's a pro athlete. He he was a pro athlete in the major league baseball, and he was he was like obese, and he died at thirty five. <laughs> I, I mean, even even like wrestlers live longer than that, you know. Like the Big Show, he lived longer than that. Is Big Show still alive? I'm gonna find out. The Big Show. How was his theme song? The Big Show. Uh, <laughs> nobody does it better. <laughs> when you but need th- to put on a big show. <laughs> I love that he has the in there. It's not just Big, big show. show. It's always the Big Show. Um, <laughs> Paul Donald White the second is an American professional wrestler. Are you dead? That's why I need to know. Are you dead? Born 8th of February 1972, so he's 49 years old. See, so yeah. even the Big Show has lived longer than this baseballer. Yeah, he's still kicking. When did Andre the Giant die? Oh, he died in like the... was like the late 80s or early 90s? Early 90s. And he lived for... So he was born in 46 and he died in 93. How old does that make him? That's, uh, what, 47? So even he lived longer and that guy was like a general mutation of a human being. Yeah, he was too big. Like, his, his, they don't make hearts big enough to support... You, you know, know if, it, if it was more recent day, they probably could have transplanted Farlap's heart into that bad boy True. or something like that, yeah. you know? Like, he needed an actual horse heart. He needed the the heart of a horse. Yeah. To keep to keep going, to live to 50, yeah. <laughs> so, so, what pissed you off this week? Um, what pissed me off this week? I, I've been watching a lot of uh, skateboarders on YouTube, right? As I'm yeah. sure you're aware, but I like to skateboard. I don't like to skateboard because I'm bad at it. But I like to watch people hurt themselves. Right? Yeah, I mean, anyway. Who doesn't? What I've noticed is that almost all of them... There's a few that aren't, and I won't point this towards them. They're pretty cool. But almost all of them don't wear any type of protective gear. Which I think is insane, right? Because one, this is your profession. You crack your skull, you know, you're, you, know you can't do your profession anymore. And two, what are you teaching all these kids? I live across the street from a skate park, and I can view the skate park, and I watch it quite often because I'm weird, right? Do you see many injuries? I see injuries all the time. I see kids hurt themselves all the time with no helmets on, and every time I just can't help but cringe and be like, man, this would be so much funnier if I didn't think you had brain damage right now. You know, like, I was a, I, I get it. I was a skater when I was a kid, right? Yeah, you did, You never wore a helmet. I never wore a helmet. I regret it, you know? Like, I'm pretty sure I've hit my head hard, pretty hard sometimes. I give myself a concussion. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Okay. I, and you, you also, like, uh, your joints don't work properly. No, nah, like yeah, my, my knees are pretty... pretty. You have... You have a defective body from your years of being reckless on a skateboard and a motorized scooter. Yeah, it's true. But, you know, like, I just just wish I'd worn a helmet and protective pads mm. at the time. And when I watch these, uh, you know, these YouTubers and stuff who aren't wearing such things and kind of, like, you know... Like, if I was a kid and I was watching, I'd be like, I'm not wearing a fucking helmet. Are you kidding me, yeah, dude? Like, they, this guy's the they coolest. Definitely, they set that example of, if you wear a helmet, you're a pussy. Yeah. And, like, real skaters don't wear helmets, you know? I mean, I'm not a like... pussy, you know? Like, I never have been, never will be, right? Well, that's that's why I could never get into skateboarding is because I was too much of a pussy. It's like, true. I, yeah, I couldn't do it because I knew that as soon as I fucked up, it was going to be really painful. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, that's what that got me pretty mad actually 
It's just like not even Look, not dude. even like an instant flash mad, just kind of like a low simmer during the week mad. Because as are you I was mad watching at the example that they are setting for children, or are you mad that they don't take their own safety properly? I mean, they can take their safety however they want. It's more of the example, I guess, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. I just think I just think so many kids and teenagers, you know, do things that are so irreparable between the mm. ages of like sixteen and like twenty, right? If you can make it yeah. past twenty, you're usually going to be fine. You know, your frontal lobe is like finished developing. You know, like you yeah. probably you're probably not going to hurt yourself so badly after that point. That won't be an issue. Of course, you still can, but I think statistically <laughs> yeah, we- speaking. We don't have that excuse anymore because yeah. whenever I make like a bad decision, I'm like, well, my frontal lobe's still got a bit more growing to do. Uh, like in doesn't. the future, I won't make that decision anymore. I mean, soon we can go. Soon we can go by the example of like, you know, like it's shrinking. You know. True. Well, and that's what happens if you hit your head too much. You like, you get CTE, which is like where your brain is all too shrunk for your skull, something. Yeah, yeah, I'm it, sure. It basically gives you, uh, like, dementia, but some people get it from, like, the age of, like, 40, just from, like, not wearing a helmet and shit. It's pretty scary, isn't it, the idea of dementia? Dementia is scary, but then I also think maybe it would be better to be so unaware at that age that you don't have to, like, be scared about, like, dying soon, you know? Like, like I always wonder, like, yeah. when people are, like, in their 70s, 80s, are they like, it could be today, could be tomorrow, you know, when's death coming for me? Whereas if you have dementia, you might be thinking, where am I? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> so, yeah, they, have, they have a lot less on their minds, you know? Yeah, or it's like, maybe it's constant fear, but it's not an existential fear. It's a, um, it's a, like a the same type of fear that you might feel if you, you know, woke up in an abandoned shack and there was, uh, <laughs> there was nurses who would also ghosts in that shack. But what, <laughs> what's scary of it? That sounds hella scary. <laughs> that sounds a lot scarier than, you know, the existential <laughs> dread of like, you know, the great cosmos taking yeah, me out. That might actually be the scariest thing. I think that might be the scary. I would prefer to be bed bound than like. Mm. I might actually prefer to die comfortably surrounded by you know chubby grandchildren than to a uh, be in an abandoned shack with ghost <laughs> nurses surrounding me. <laughs> That's what my grandpa did. He decided to just, you know, he took himself out. Yeah, he just he did it himself. Yeah, he was, mm. he was he didn't want to have to deal with it, which is fair enough. That is fair. That's uh that's a very dignified yeah, decision. My dad said that he also wants to do that because he got the idea from my grandpa, but he also said that I have to get him taxidermy. <laughs> I think we should get him taxidermied in a way that he's just constantly got his dick in that funnel um, (laughs) using his garage as a urinal. But he wanted wanted it so that he could still remain the patriarch of the family and we would all go and like... (laughs) Like, you know, we'd all serve him once a year. You know, we'd go there, we'd like kiss his ring. I was just like to him, I was like, yeah, so grandpa's gone. And he's like, all right, so you're going to have to get me taxidermied. Here's the list of instructions. You're going to have to do it overseas because you can't do it in our country. And I was like, okay. 
He's he's been doing a lot mm. of things surrounding his death though. He's like been sorting out his shit, you know. Like, wow. I'm not gonna be his uh his like what do they call it? He's like your executor. Yeah, I'm his not gonna. He's, he got he got a different executor because he's like I don't want you to deal really? with that bullshit. And I was like, cheers. Sounds uh, like I just thought maybe he wouldn't want you to like trust you. He wouldn't trust you. Um, what does he matter? He's dead. Where <laughs> does the trust come true, into play? True. That's did, true. I you know I don't care. You can do whatever you want to my body. You know I've got we got this. A, a clear, concise instructions for your death and well, my death. hang on a second. Hang on a second. Who's the executor? Because I think he only has one other, you know... Oh, it's, it's like, it's a professional. It's not... It's oh, not okay. Like... I was worried it might be me for a minute. <laughs> You're not the executor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now it comes into a trust thing, okay? Because he wouldn't trust you to do shit. I don't think he trusts me to do anything. He doesn't. He doesn't trust you to get anything right. No one can right. carry that torch. Satanic panic. Satanic um, panic. I think we just need to put out a warning. Uh, this week's show is going to deal with some heavy shit. Uh, if it, we are going to deal with some themes like uh, murder and suicide, and if you are struggling at all at the moment, uh, you can talk to Jay if you want. <laughs> yeah. Just before we get started. Yeah. Before we get started, would you fuck with a with a Ouija board? Yeah, any day of the week. I'm not afraid. Really? You're not afraid? Not at all. Are you not afraid because you don't believe, or you're not afraid of the demons? I mean, look. I mean, as much as I would love to, uh, you know, put myself forward as this, you know, demon slaying man, you know, being like, oh, I'm not afraid of anything like that, you know. I ain't afraid of no ghost, but in reality, I just don't believe it. And if I did believe in it, I wouldn't fuck with it. Yeah, so well, you, you don't believe in ghosts? I don't believe in ghosts. Should I? Mm, I mean, no, I don't really believe in ghosts either, but I, I still am superstitious. Like, yeah. I don't want to take any chances on that, you know? Like, I, I don't want to uh, do a Ouija board and get a demon, even if demons aren't real. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't want to fuck with the, with the idea of demons. I mean, they might be pretty chill though, right? I mean, by all accounts, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't know that. Whenever they I think of some... demons, I always think of, like, Hellraisers. You mean, like, the pinhead? Like yeah, the, yeah, 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 uh, like the pinhead dude. You know, there's always that cool one at the back who's a bit chubby and he has the cool shades and shit on. Like, that's what I think of when I think of demons. <laughs> I think of, like, Darth Maul. You know? Yeah, okay, like, you think of Darth Maul. Or that Maul. demon, the demon in, a, in that movie is Insidious that looks like Darth Maul. So if you're just, asking me, if you if you reframed your question and said, would you fuck with Darth Maul? I would say no. <laughs> I would not fuck with Darth Maul. Well, there you go. But He's all business. What, I mean, I wouldn't fuck with Darth Maul. Have you seen, you know, The Phantom Menace? He just straight up jumps off his bike, yep. starts fighting, or has, starts fighting Qui-Gon. Like, he no tries to run over asked. a kid. He's a psycho. Yeah. Like, he's, he's like, he's, he's, like, he's on a fucking mission. Nothing of his mission is established, and he just fucking rides down his bike. He's like, you and me right now, right yeah. here, middle of the desert. Yeah, <laughs> I don't plan anything. I just go. I just go. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, look, you know what? I changed my answer. No, I wouldn't fuck with Darth Maul. You, yeah, but would you fuck with a Ouija board? Oh, um... <laughs> Come tits, you know. 
<laughs> yeah, why do the demon? Why is it? Why is then there six demon? Like a sexual deviant demon? It has to always be. Gonna be like the blood demon or the, you know, the um, the sacrilege demon. Where is the sex demon? Oh, that's what I always think about, right? When you think of like Satanists as yeah. a group of people, right? They're always like pretty heavily sexualized, you know, and. I don't know where they're getting that from because, you know, there's no, like, book in, like, Genesis or whatever about, yeah. you know, Lucifer's, like, you know, fucking playroom or something like that. You know, it's just, it's just not there, you know? Like, I don't know where they're yeah. getting this from. Yeah, there's, there's, I don't think there's anything in the Bible about, like, uh, like Satanists or just Satan, like, you know, doing any sex. Yeah, like, no, not at all. Did you know I what? Think this... It's bullshit, man. Because those Satanists, there's nothing in the Bible about shuffling either. But I'm always seeing them do it. You mean like the dance move? Yeah, I'm always seeing them shuffle, okay? And, like, why are they doing that? I've never seen a, a, a Satanist shuffle. Really? No, I think you're, I think you're thinking of a... Uh, I don't think they're Satanists. I think you're thinking of Slavics. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> One <laughs> in the same. mixed up. Yeah, they look similar because they got like spiky hair and stuff. But you know, the Slavics—they're the ones who are into shuffling. Satanic panic, as we know it today, probably goes all the way back to the dawn of civilization. It's the act of identifying a spiritual enemy, the embodiment of all perceived evil, the antithesis of one's religious beliefs, and then projecting onto them evil deeds—a projection that leads to unfounded accusations and ultimately persecution. There were accusations of blood libel, that Jews were abducting and murdering Christian babies to use their blood in rituals and for cooking bread. This resulted in mob violence, torture, and the execution of Jewish people throughout history. Accusations of witchcraft when, in the late 1600s in Massachusetts, children began to exhibit symptoms of a neurological disorder. Townsfolk would blame women who they believed had strayed from their traditional Christian Puritan roles. Women that managed their family's finances. Women with different skin color. And eventually women that expressed skepticism with the accusations themselves. This was the Salem witch trials. So how does that get us to now? Things like little Naz sewing blood into his shoes. Or outraged parents burning copies of Harry Potter. Well, if these claims of child sacrifice and clandestine devil-worshipping women sound familiar to you, well, that's because it never went away. It just mutated with time. But perhaps it came to a head in the 1980s. Let's have a look. In 1980, a book called Michelle Remembers was released. It was written by a Canadian psychiatrist, Lawrence Pazda, and his patient and eventual wife, Michelle Smith. Do you think do you think psychiatrists should be marrying their patients? I mean, I guess it Like what does she look like? <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I mean it's obviously like a it's an ethics violation, right? It's it should I mean it is she still the patient after? It says eventual wife, right? So that leads me to believe that after she was a patient they got I think, married. Uh, yeah, I mean, I th- I think that's how they met. <laughs> like, yeah, right. She, I don't know. She was. Uh, she been marrying him. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. Like, like as far as I'm concerned, right? Like, I've been to a psychiatrist once, and they were pretty cool. 
You know, they're just like, hey, are you <laughs> good? they try like, to marry you? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no. But the, the, the interaction was pretty cool. It was like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. You got issues with this thing? No, not really. Sweet. All right, I'll see you next week, right? Like, there's nothing... So you lied. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm, I've always been a very easygoing guy. But mm. I, there, there, there was no, uh, like, connotation of, like, manipulation there and like that, right? Depends on what this guy was like. If this guy was all, like... Oh, you know, you're worth, like, if he was negging her and, like, be like, you're worth nothing during these, you know, psychiatrist meetings, be like, you should probably marry me because I'm, like, the best guy ever, you know, like, I, you know. I hope that's not what happened. I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume that's not what happened. Well, that's what I'm saying, like, I don't know if, 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 if it was, like, manipulation, right? It's a completely different case. Anyway, I, I look, I, I don't know, it depends. It depends on how they married. Pazdor was a devout Catholic. He was treating Smith for depression, but after Smith had a miscarriage, she began to experience terrible nightmares. Over the course of a year, Pazda performed 600 hours of hypnosis on Smith. Alright, okay, okay. Hold up, hold up. Now, now we're entering that other thing I was talking about with a man- possible yeah. manipulation. 600 <laughs> hours of hypnosis. Yeah, this person has of... been under someone else's gaze longer than True. I've been on the toilet, you know? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> he could have, he could have, uh, it's like, a psychiatrist putting you under hypnosis for 600 hours and then coming out and getting married. Like, is that is that not, like, hypnosis trick one? Yeah, exactly. You know, you could be taught anything, like... I, I always wonder if a hypnosis, like, if a hypnotist, when they put people under, if they, like, make them punch themselves in the dick to make sure that they're really passed out. So, like, there is 85 hours of the hit TV series Friends, right? <laughs> this person, Smith, could subconsciously watch the entire TV show, like, what is that, six times over? More? Seven times over? Mm. You know, that's an insane amount of time. 600, how can you be on 600 hours? It has to be wrong. It has to be a wrong statistic. It can be 600 hours. It's I don't reckon. Hours. Well, if, if you watch all the episodes of The Simpsons, it's it's uh, 229 hours. So six 600 divided by 24... That is 25 days of hypnosis. 3.5 weeks of hypnosis. Fuck. I've, yeah. I've never been committed to anything long enough to get 3.5 <laughs> fucking weeks worth of time out yeah. of it. Yeah, alright. Well, I'm, I'm drawing closer to ethics violation. Yeah, I'm feeling it a lot more now. It's claimed that during hypnosis, Smith reverted to her five-year-old self and recalled abuse by her mother and other adults, who she claimed were part of a secret Canadian Satanist cult. She recalled being a part of a ritual meant to summon Satan, being molested, forced to eat human remains, locked in a cage with snakes, and a witness to the murder of babies. Smith claims to have eventually been rescued by the intervention of Jesus and the Virgin Mary, who interrupted a ritual. Pazda coined the term Satanic Ritual Abuse. What do you think this Jesus and Virgin Mary's, like interpretation i reckon it was like a hologram you know like um i reckon i reckon she's just imagined it well i think i think that this is probably a false memory i reckon it's probably just the cops right it could be you know then it's like did this did this really happen like was she really in a satanist cult as a child so michelle remembers was an instant bestseller but michelle's family was outraged Specifically her siblings, but especially her father, who could not believe Michelle would say these things about her mother, who by then was deceased. Over time, 
Many elements of Michelle's story would be debunked. Many inconsistencies and impossibilities identified. But that didn't matter. The ripple effect had begun. People believe things that back up their core beliefs. Coming from a respected medical professional such as Lawrence Pazda, had an aura of truth to it. Recovered memory therapy is no longer a supported medical practice. And I don't know if it actually ever was. <laughs> like, he might have been the first dude to be doing this because he wanted to marry this chick. Like, <laughs> do you imagine but, that? You know, he's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, he's being real creepy about it. I'm going to put you under hypnosis, man. I'm going to tell you to marry me. It's going to be sick, you know? And she's all like, I hate a baby. <laughs> yeah. He, and he's like, oh, he you tried- better not say anything more or I might not marry you. And she's like, I hate human remains. He's like, okay, seven more times, okay? It's as many more as you it, get out of it. It was like an experiment gone wrong like he's like i'm gonna get her to marry me but she just ends up thinking that she's eating babies and shit (laughs) but lawrence and michelle remained together until lawrence died in 2004 and in his obituary michelle is described as his soulmate what did this guy look like lawrence pazda he basically looks exactly like how you would think he would he looks like yeah, but what did he look like at the time? I want to know if he was, like, a spunk. That's him know? there. That's, that's like, him there. The... I'm looking at a photo of him in his, like, late 70s. I want to know what he looked like in okay. his, like, mid-30s. All right, yeah, he's Just pretty good looking. Into... He looks like a shrink. Like, that guy yeah. looks like a shrink. It looks like yeah. he has a hairpiece. In fact, actually, I reckon she might be punching. Like, I think she he might be, might be the better look. Yeah, I reckon she's, he's better looking. When was this? Uh, like the late seventies. Late seventies. I'm just yeah. looking at her attire. She seems to always be wearing like a cult, like a cult dress. Yeah. You know. What What do you think was going on with Michelle? Do you think that she actually was in a oh, cult? I mean, probably not, right? Like, it seems a little bit like you know. It It seems too much like Hollywood to not you know, to not be Hollywood. I think it's probably just you know, past, past like religious I mean, beliefs being impounded and things like that, along with like you know cultural like phenomenon that type of stuff right well like think of it like this she has a miscarriage and then she starts like having these visions about eating babies and like babies being murdered and like her mother you know like she starts having these beliefs that her mother like uh put her into a cult so I i think really she might have actually been dealing with like some ptsd from having a miscarriage i mean probably yeah I think it's, like, what, like, one in three women uh, experience, like, sexual abuse sometime in their life? Like, who's to say that she didn't, you know, get abused as a child? And uh, her her way of dealing with it is to kind of, is to, is to make it uh, a religious, a thing of religious significance, you know? Yeah, I mean, this is very similar. To, I mean, you've heard this case before, you know, like... People who have, like, religious backgrounds and then, you know, like, not necessarily in her circumstance, but others, like, you know, a possible mental illness, you know, and then them kind of, like, you know, confusing a lot of the ideas in their head. Like, for instance, you know, Daniel Johnston, right? Yeah, he thought he was Casper. Yeah, and Fraser Johnston as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he thought he was a, he thought he was a police police interpreter <laughs> he wasn't he, he was, was actually yeah he was just typing. He was actually just one of those monkeys with a typewriter <laughs> <laughs> um but you know i think i think that there's a uh, there's precedent to set that you know people who are heavily religious as children you know 
uh, and then you know something bad happens, whether or not it's you know something external or internal, uh, will usually lead to some type of radicalization of you know the religious side of you. Yeah, like she starts seeing snakes and stuff. That's like Bible one hundred one. Oh, that's the thing, you know, it's just like Daniel Johnson, both his songs and stuff going on about like, you know, like, oh, the devil's going to come get me, yeah. Satan, yada, yada, he's always fighting good, you know, it's always like these radical sides of his, like, you know, his religious yeah. beliefs, you know, because as a kid, I'm assuming people who are Catholic and people who are Christian, yada, yada, probably hear a lot about the devil. Um, Pro- I think I would say so. And that's, that's another part of this, like, I wasn't religious as a kid, so I, yeah. I don't know. Either was I, what... I never had any type of religious upbringing, I didn't really have any yeah. people who were connected to religious upbringing. This is actually, this is something I wondered, actually, have you, uh, did you ever go to church? I've been to, like, a church once, and that was, like, Like, funerals don't count. Like, marriages and funerals don't count. Did no. you ever go to, like, a Sunday service? No, never. Not even once. Yeah. Damn. Our, our good friend... Um, Drool, Drool the lawyer, he grew up in a yeah. Catholic college, and he had well, to yeah, attend mass. Like, half of the people that we know grew up in a Catholic college. And... It's pretty crazy, right? I mean, they wore ties to school because, you know, they had to, you know, like, that. that's, that's, a, that's a, you know, that's a sign of yeah. the indifference right there. But they did also have to go to mass, and we never had to go to mass, so that was pretty sweet. Yeah, and, and they had to talk to like a chaplain if they ever had like naughty thoughts. Yeah, and also to, we could talk we could Jesus ditch school it. pretty easily if we wanted yeah. to. Yeah, Michelle remembers began a wave of reports of so-called satanic ritual abuse oh, spread to no. other psychiatrists who would seek to emulate the practice on their patients that were suffering from depression. Devil worshipping became a staple of news reports and daytime talk shows, knowing the viewer response would always be immense. It began to take up the resources of law enforcement and the FBI. Retired agent Ken Lanning claiming he took part in dozens of investigations into claims of child sacrifice by satanic cults, almost all eventually being traced back to patients of recovered memory hypnosis. The Vatican sent out its own investigators in attempts to verify claims of demonic activity. The Vatican got involved. Yeah, the, the Who Vatican was involved. Are into the this. Vatican investigators? What do they look like? Well, they're like the dudes from uh, The Conjuring. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what would, I was thinking of. Yeah, they would send out like uh, like Jesus cops to be like, any demons around here? Or like, I was thinking like Constantine, right? Yeah, that would be cool, actually. If fucking Constantine you know, shows like up to Keanu Reeves, office. He shows up, and yeah. you know, he's got his, like, crossbow and stuff. Like, that's what I was thinking, yeah. but I'm, now I'm looking at the photos, and they just <laughs> don't no, look anything guys, like Constantine. Right? They're just old guys. <laughs> None of them even resemble Keanu Reeves. No. <laughs> the Vatican investigators. Do they, ha- do they hold power? I mean, I think they hold power over the devil. <laughs> I like the idea of him being, like, you know, like, well, where's your badge? You know, he just pulls up his cross. <laughs> he just points to the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Parents would use it against the ex-partner during divorce proceedings as a tactic to gain sole custody of their children. And a number of daycare centers would be accused of being fronts for satanic cults by paranoid parents. Some of these accusations making it into the courtroom. The trials being year-long, drawn-out affairs due to lack of evidence. Satanic panic had infiltrated the nuclear family, and parents were on edge. They began to act as though they had a new parental and spiritual responsibility to keep their children protected from the harms of satanic cults, 
and as they grew older into teenagers, the influence of them. Concerned parents began to see marks of the devil wherever they looked for them. One such target of parental concern, the role-playing fantasy game, Dungeons and Dragons. D&D. So, it's in the game. Hey, I saw a video recently <laughs> of the guy who does the EA It's in the Game thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and he he's, look... I mean, he's just like some old white guy, but he does it really well. Well, yeah, he, he like does it, right? Yeah, he's like, EA Games. It's in... No, that's not it, but... EA Sports. It's in, in the, the game. game. Yeah, yeah, but he does it... Oh, man, he does it so well. And I was like, man, it's it's weird to think of these things. You know, when you're a kid, you don't recognize that every single thing that was ever made media-wise required someone to make it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, like you're watching a movie and you don't realize that, like, you know, oh, someone had to, like, pick those clothes and someone had to, you know, make uh, that. I still think, I still think, like, you don't think about how, like, they need, like, a doctor on set or, like, a, um, yeah. like a caterer. Or, like, an assistant and an assistant to the assistant. Or a fluffer. Yeah. Or, like, a, an electrician. They go, <laughs> it's, like a, it's like its own economy, like, just for a movie set. So Dungeons & Dragons has been a loyal companion to nerds around the world since 1974. And Reg, he played Dungeons & Dragons before Stranger Things, got, like, all the indie kids into it. So I'm going to ask him to explain what it is. I mean, I think you're falsifying the records. I, I'm not a nerd. <laughs> I've never been a nerd, okay? Not even once, not even twice, all right? Now, did I play Dungeons & Dragons for research on nerds? Yes. I need to figure out how they thought, because I saw Revenge of the Nerds, and I was like, it's not going to happen to me. Yeah. I'm going to be That's ready. That's true, actually. I'm yeah, gonna- they were going <laughs> to... I'm going to be ready. They came after everybody to, like, steal their girlfriends. Yeah. It all and, came for me, yeah. And yeah. so, because I had so many girlfriends, mm. you know, yep. and so I had to make sure that I, I was ready, had my traps <laughs> laid down, had to get in the mind. Either way, D&D, Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons is the original role-playing game made by a guy named Gary Gygax, which is a really sweet name, and apparently is a really sweet guy. I know that recently there was some type of controversy of someone trying to sue him, like someone who said that he also made the game with him, but then didn't, or did, and was trying to sue Gary Gygax's wife. Um, I think he, yeah, because Gygax is dead now. Something to do with the, the wife was like someone tried to murder her in her own house or something as well. It was it's it's really? another it's a thing for another episode, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah pretty crazy stuff, man. But uh, it's the original role playing game made by this man, um, in which you use your imagination to build a character from the ground up and assume a number of classes such as wizards and warlocks. Um, what what is the difference between a wizard and a warlock? It's money. It's class warfare. Like the wizard, like went to well, like, yeah, the wizard, yeah, the wizard went to Hogwarts, and the warlock went the to the warlock. Yeah, he he learned his magic on the street. Yeah, <laughs> he, he went to the school of hard knocks. All right, yeah, um, that's how you'd most describe a warlock. Uh, yeah. You know, while a wizard has nice textbooks, the warlock, you know, is scribbling these spells on his arm and the back of pigskin. The wizard, the wizard is in like purple robes, and the the warlock is in like tatted rags yeah ad- added ass yeah. so basically it's a it's a um it's a tabletop game where you pretend to be like a like a fantasy person so co-creator gary gygax said of its appeal in D, 
The average person gets a call to glory and becomes a hero and undergoes change. In the real world, children, especially, have no power. They must answer to everyone. They don't direct their own lives. But in this game, they become super powerful and affect everything. I think that you're making Gary Gygax sound like a nerd when he clearly <laughs> wasn't. Okay, he had. Yeah, a- I mean, if he he looks like kind of like a he looks like a warlock rather than a wizard. He's like a cocaine Stanley. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's exactly what he was. He was a, he was, a, he was an Alice D Stanley. Mm, yeah, true. In reality, that's and, what uh, he was. He was a he was a lifelong smoker, and um, <clears throat> I read that after he got like uh, diagnosed with like a heart condition. The one health change he made was he he gave up cigarettes and started smoking cigars instead. Oh wow! <laughs> it must have been hard. It must have been difficult. Cigars suck. I hate cigars. Yeah, do you remember that time that we uh, took some of your dad's cigars and we didn't know you had to cut off the ends, so we were just like <laughs> sitting around trying to bite off the ends of the cigar. I, I remember <laughs> we tried to light it and it wouldn't yeah. work, and then we read we had to cut it off, and we didn't have any yeah. equipment to do so. So I remember us. So we were just like biting the ends off with our teeth. Yeah. Yeah. So concerns were first made regarding D and D in 1979, when 16 year old enthusiast. James Dallas Egbert III went missing. Some fans have speculated Will Byers of Stranger Things is based off of this kid. I mean, even if you look at the picture that you presented here, he even looks like Will Byers. Yeah, he uh, he is a child. He's a child in, obviously, the early 80s. And they, they call him Dallas. They don't call him James. His name was basically Dallas Egbert. So, Dallas Egbert was a child prodigy in computer science he was entered into Michigan State University at the age of 16. And I I think this is a bad idea. I don't think you should be putting 16-year-olds into into university. Like, uh, I think that's just, like, dooming them. The same thing happened to the Unabomber, and it's a big part of why he went fucking nuts. No, look, okay, I think you're looking at it from the wrong side. Like, Doogie Hauser, you know? <laughs> is that ran- what happens to him? He ran a disturbing yeah, fun situations. Yeah, he he would run a hospital at the age of like I don't know <laughs> ten or something, and he was always getting yeah. into wacky situations. That's something you'd live with the rest of your life. It'd be amazing. The Unabomber ran into some, you know, some wacky situations too. But his solution, <laughs> his solution was usually to bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so he was, he went missing, and his parents hired a private investigator, William Deer, to find any clues on their son's whereabouts. Deer, upon learning of Egbert's fondness of D&D, theorized he was injured or killed during a live-action role-playing session, which students at Michigan State reportedly held in the steam tunnels below the school. I can't think of a better place to hold that, to be honest. Like, the atmosphere would be amazing. That's the only place you should play D&D. It's like a real-life sewer level in a video game, you know? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Fucking in the in the tunnels with your swords and your little steam tunnels. nerd friends. What is a steam yeah. tunnel? Steam. I guess it's a. Uh, I guess it's like uh where the where the hot water and stuff comes from, like for the whole school, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So they're just like they're like I don't know, like doorway size gaps in the wall, and they'll have pipes running along the sides, which is where the hot water and the cold water must be flowing out of stream. Dude, hosting it down there would actually be so insane. Details of Deer's investigation and theory spread to the media. The main talking points centered on D&D. 
one newsreader stating that Egbert was, quote, a victim of the college campus game, Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm going to assume that the private investigator, Deer, himself was the one who leaked this to the media, because he always seemed to be after publicity. Some of his other, like, cases were to exhume the body of Lee Harvey Oswald and appearing as an expert on the Fox television show Alien Autopsy. That's <laughs> an expert. <laughs> yeah, like, how, how did he do the autopsies? An on Alien Autopsies. <laughs> <laughs> how is that possible? Man. I guess he was there for all of them. I, yeah, yeah, I guess he was. <laughs> Of it, you know, flashing to the TV show, going like, "We have an alien here, and we need to perform an autopsy. Get him! Get the <laughs> get the expert! Get the expert! He's he, the kn- he knows where to find its balls." Sir, <laughs> <laughs> so, in actuality, Egbert Dallas Egbert was going through a mental health crisis, of which tabletop gaming Dungeons and Dragons was his only real outlet. He was depressed, struggling to relate to his peers, being an adolescent college student and feeling the weight of parental expectation to live up to his potential as a genius. Dallas first attempted suicide by overdosing on quaaludes. That didn't work. I thought you then traveled such to a sweet way to go. A sweet way to go? Yeah. On quaaludes? Why Man, you that? can't even get them anymore with that sick. Well, aren't they just like, uh, they make you super drowsy or something? Yeah, but if you, if you like fight off the drowsiness, you get like a super sick high. Haven't you seen Wolf of uh, Wall Street? Is that what that is? Yeah, they're always taking quaaludes. Right. You, like, can't get them anymore. Well, he, he tried to take so many that he died, but it didn't work. So, then he went to New Orleans. He attempted suicide a second time by putting cyanide in his beer. <laughs> and Jeez. that also didn't work. So, instead of trying to kill himself, he went further into Louisiana, and he started working as a drifter. But after four days doing manual labor, he contacted the PI, William Deere, and revealed his location himself. Deere traveled to Louisiana to collect Dallas. So, Dallas asked Deere not to publicly disclose any of the details of the story. Like, it was in the news. It was in the news a lot. Like, there's this kid that's gone missing, and Dungeons and Dragons has, like, corrupted him. And he he just didn't want to get any publicity. James Deere agreed not to. But then the next year, Dallas successfully killed himself. And a couple years after that, Deer published a book all about him. About him or about Dungeons and Dragons? Was the book... Uh... It, it, it was about his investigation into his disappearance. Right. And basically saying it was because of Dungeons and Dragons. Man, what a, what a guy. I mean, I guess if you're going to make money off it, right? But I, by I drinking like a cyanide-laced beer, I wonder why that didn't work. Yeah, like, how does... I thought that was meant to be, like, the surefire way to die. Cyanide. Yeah. Maybe maybe he made his own out of, like, maybe, apple seeds. Maybe cyanide, like, diffuses in alcohol or something like that. I don't know. Maybe, but, yeah. Um, after four... I do love the fact that he got four days into his manual laboring yeah. jobs. <laughs> and he called him up I and mean, was he's like, like take me home, He's man. gone through his whole life working as, like, a, as like a child computer prodigy. He probably hasn't done much manual labor. He's like, he's, he's recently read like the motorcycle diaries or something like that, you know, and he's <laughs> like, I need to be out there. I need to be in the working force. I need to know what the blue color feels. 
Well, he's got it the wrong way around, though. Like, he tried to kill himself, and then he ended up doing manual labor. Whereas it's like, <laughs> most people, they do manual labor, and they're like, fuck this, I'm killing myself. Yeah. Not the other way around. It gave him the will to live. He wanted to continue. So, the story of James Egbert, James Dallas Egbert, gave D&D a sort of real-life mythology. A game parents feared was so engrossing that it would take over the lives of any bright kid that fell under its spell, and it especially appealed to kids that lacked power in other aspects of their lives. It wouldn't help that after Egbert's disappearance, sales of D&D quadrupled. The player base grew into the millions. So now, just about any violent incident involving teenagers and young adults could be linked back to Dungeons and Dragons, within a few degrees of separation. Televangelists set their sights on D&D, stating that Dungeons and Dragons is the most effective introduction to the occult in the history of man. It's just a, it's not correct, is it? You know, like I think the no. the most effective introduction is like the occult. You know. Yeah, or like you know when Satan like gives you something. You know. Yeah, yeah he gives like you, you something. To, you have to sell your soul, and he gives you something real cool. Yeah, like a race car, or you know, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah like I, you know what? I wish that happened more often. I see that all the time in movies, like Ghost Rider, mm. and yeah. uh, like they get, he he gives someone like Banjo's abilities. Yeah, yeah. Like, see, yeah, I would I would mine. do that in a heartbeat. I'm too much of a gambler. I would just do it. <laughs> do it in a heartbeat. I'd be like, <laughs> I'm gonna take this bet. <laughs> so, parents are on the defensive. In 1983, the Arlington School Board voted unanimously to ban Dungeons & Dragons from its list of extracurricular activities. They received complaints from parents concerned by reports they had heard of its effect on children. Cited in the school board's decision was the case regarding the suicide of 16-year-old Irvin Lee Pulling. Pulling, like Egbert, was a gifted student, enrolled in a program for students with high IQs, and described by his peers as having trouble fitting in. He was also an avid Dungeons & Dragons player. His mother, Patricia, sued his school principal for allowing the school board to include it in its list of extracurricular activities. She claimed his suicide was the result of a curse placed onto him by another player during a session of D&D. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. What does that curse look like at that age? You know, like, you never gonna touch a boob. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a curse to make people sad. <laughs> like, jeez. But yeah, I don't know. I, f- I feel like uh, they're looking. They're kind of looking past the real issue here. Like these kids are. These kids are. There's like a common theme of having a lot of pressure put on them by their parents when they were already a bit. You know. I wish more people, uh, like would uh, like hold salt in a curse. I wish I could curse more people. <laughs> You know? I wouldn't like to be cursed. Like, I, I cursed like you, and cursed. I was like, oh, your leg hair's going to fall curse out. Don't curse me. That's a funny... I'm okay with that curse, but don't, don't curse All me All right, then the opposite. Way. Oh, your leg hair's going to not fall out. That's also a fine curse. What? How does, how does curses work? You curse me now. You curse me. All right. Uh, you're going to fucking die tomorrow. No, what the fuck? That's such a bad <laughs> exactly. curse. Exactly. That is the curse I'm th- that is the type of curse I don't want to fuck with. <laughs> He's not giving me any way to wiggle my way out of this. You just told me I'm gonna die tomorrow. It's <laughs> That's what a curse is. It's a it's well, a, it's a game, thing. you know, it's like I, you know, you, you give me a curse, I find a way to get around the curse, you know, like <laughs> I find a loophole, I can't find a loophole now. <laughs> no, that is what a curse is. That's why you don't fuck with them. The only loophole I can think of is if I die today. Which is That's also true. bad. Yeah. 
Nah, you're bad. That's what. That's like what I think of when I think of a curse. It's like the anger gypsy, and they give you like a day to live. No, but it's never like that though. The curses are always really cryptic. Like you're gonna be like ten pounds thinner every day until one day you die. You know, like. They're, they're, well, they're never just like, book okay, thinner. tomorrow you get hit by a car. It's not Final Destination, okay? <laughs> it's a thinning, right? I think it is sometimes like that, that, and that is why I don't fuck with curses. I have to agree to disagree. Curses are usually a lot more fun than that. So, Robert Lando, representing an advocacy group called SALT, which stands for Sending America Light and Truth, said of pulling suicide... I've got stories you wouldn't believe about people who have been victims of role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons. This game becomes a lifestyle that uses witchcraft and sorcery and black magic. After all of the lawsuits surrounding her son's suicide were dismissed, Patricia would go on to establish her own advocacy group called BAD, or Bothered About Dungeons and Dragons. BAD distributed pamphlets claiming that Dungeons and Dragons promoted... Uh, can you list this? Demonology, witchcraft, voodoo, murder, rape, blasphemy, suicide, assassinations, insanity, sexual perversion, homosexuality, prostitution, satanic type rituals, gambling, barbarism, cannibalism, sadism, desecration. desecration. Isn't that shitting? Isn't that shitting? <laughs> it's defecation, you fuck. <laughs> What's desecration? Desecration. Like, I only ever think of it as in, like, to desecrate a grave, right? It's like to uh, mess it yeah, up, sure. you know, to go over to it and be like, oh, I just mess it up. Yeah, right. Uh, right desecration, demon wrong. summoning, necromatics, <laughs> divination, and other teachings. Nice. Thank you. But bad, bad is a bad name, right? I mean, I think that was, it's meant to suggest, you know, any anything that has its name on it is bad. It's like but bad by association. I meant like bothered about Dungeons and Dragons doesn't sound all that nasty. Mm, yeah, but, you know, it has, it's a backronym. It has to say something. They probably came up with bad first and then, you know, worked out what it was. It's like all the, all the acronyms in America are backronyms. Like uh, the Patriot program. Why do you keep saying that word? So a backronym is when you come up with a word, and then you ascribe its the letters to mean something. Right, 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 you know? right, right, right. Yeah. So they come up with backwards. Gotcha. But <laughs> yeah. even then, like you could do better than that, right? What would you call it if you had bad as your? If I if it was bad. Mm. Uh, hmm. Bastards at. Dungeon. Bastards against Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> no, no, no. Bastards at Dungeons and Dragons. Dicked. And then brackets, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Bastards at Dungeons and Dragons. Dicked, my boy. Okay, alright. So, all of, uh, all of Bad's claims were aired through various Christian groups, and it literally spread across the world. Like... This was in Australia, it was in England, anywhere they could get these flies out. Pulling registered as a private investigator and became an expert witness for game-inspired violence court cases, and she co-authored a book titled The Devil's Web, Who is Stalking Your Children for Satan. What What does that mean? Who is stalking your children for Satan? Who is it? I guess it's the satanic cults that they think exists. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's really weird. While the panic over D&D would eventually subside and move on to other mediums, 
bit heavy metal music or video games, the wider hysteria it accompanied wouldn't be without consequences. Because the oppressive sheltering of children, the denying of their interests, there was ammunition for a knock-on effect, a self-fulfilling prophecy. There weren't actually satanic cults sacrificing children and recruiting teenagers like so many parents believed there were, but maybe to reject your parents, to push back against their authority, was to wish that there was, or to believe it was all true and to hold on the things their parents so feared with reverence. Teenage rebellion is generally a normal part of growing up, but here we had a perfect storm, and one of its conductors was a New York teenager named Ricky Casso. Can you see his face there? Yeah, he looks actually terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> he looks fucked. He looks... Wait, does this... If I do this, does it make it bigger? Yeah, it does. He looks fucked. Like, he looks <laughs> genuinely scary. He looks like the crow. <laughs> it's just before the fucking crow. Yeah, he looks like the crow before the crow died. Yeah, damn. He's got... He, like... He does kind of have demonic eyes, though. Yeah, he does. He has, like, a whole... Like, he genuinely fits this perfectly. Yeah. So, Ricky Casso was raised in the suburb of Northport on Long Island, New York City. Where's Northport? It's like, I didn't actually realize this, because I thought Long Island was the one where, like, the Empire State Building is, but that's Manhattan, and Long Island is, like, next to that, Yeah, yeah. and it's literally just a long fucking island, <laughs> Like, it, it, and it seems to be where, like, a lot of... Uh, it's a village. It's classified as a village. Long Island is or Northport is? Northport's considered a village of Long Island. I wonder why they call it. Alright. So Northport ah. was an upper middle class suburb. It was considered safe and idyllic with a low crime rate. Ricky's family life was stable. His father was a history teacher and the local high school football coach. And Ricky was a normal child, but first started experimenting with drugs in his early teens mainly weed, acid, and PCP, a friend claiming that he first tripped in the 7th grade, and around this time, he got he first got into trouble when he was caught stealing from his church. I feel like PCP is like... Yeah, that's a, it's, it's, a, it's another like step there, you know? Like, I think to like, his parents, they throw them all into the same category, right? But, yeah. you know, it's, it's not like weed, sure... <laughs> Almost all teenagers experiment with that. Acid, yeah, you're probably acid. stepping out of boundaries. But PCP, man, that's... <laughs> yeah, you don't want to fuck with PCP. I think... I, I, like, I'm just going to say now, anything that happens from here on out is caused by PCP. <laughs> yeah. It's heavy. Isn't, isn't PCP what bath salts is? Um, No. Okay. But I think it has similar effects. It's just like a lot of like methamphetamine, I think. Yeah, right. So, to his friends, Ricky caught himself the Acid King, a nickname that stemmed from his insatiable appetite for hallucinogens and the ability to intake any amount of drugs and never overdose. And I thought that, I thought this was... <laughs> I love the idea of that because whether it's weed, acid, or PCP, you can't overdose <laughs> on it anyway. <laughs> Can, maybe you could overdose on PCP. I don't actually know that much about PCP, to be honest. I know... Yeah, I don't know a crazy amount. That's not really something... I know that I would not ever take it. And I thought this was interesting. The guy from the band Weedus, he was a kid in Northbridge at this time, and uh, he said Castle inspired the song Teenage Dirtbag. No way. Are you serious? It's got full loop. Full loop, not is it So whenever you hear that song, like uh, karaoke nights, you can can think of this guy's face. That's the thing. It's got full loop, not from the... 
thing yeah. we're reading from, but just in my life, you know, like, <laughs> I love that song, and I listened to it a lot when I was younger, and now I know why, this is yeah. crazy, man, this is blowing my mind. Yeah, yeah you, were the fo- you were the acid king of, uh, <laughs> of 110 <laughs> itself. <laughs> was me, the acid king. I, I, but mine was a self-proclaimed nickname. <laughs> <It wasn't. laughs> I think I think his was too. Probably I, I, I can't imagine. You can't, I can't imagine, imagine someone telling else. Someone going like, someone "Oh man, king. Ricky, bro, you're ass, you're the ass king, man. So man, you gotta man. meet my friend, dude. He's like the king of acid." <laughs> <laughs> I once knew a guy who self-proclaimed himself to be called Yasid Commando. That's kind of cool, but yeah. again, self-proclaimed, so it's automatically not cool, right? <sighs> but it is pretty cool. Acid Commando? <laughs> Acid King? I don't know. I should Wait, have a self-proclaimed you? nickname. Were you the one who no, 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 proclaimed no, 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 he was no, no, the Acid no, no. Commando? It's just some guy I met once when I was camping. But uh, what would be a good nickname? The Stink Bug. Yeah, was, yeah, Stinkbug, but he's self-proclaimed. No one's ever called me the Stinkbug. Yeah. yeah, because you stink and you look like a bug. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's where it comes from. That's why <laughs> That's why I, I self-proclaimed it. But if someone was to call me the Stinkbug, wink, wink, then maybe it would become true, you know? maybe I You know why be... they call you the Stinkbug? Yeah. Because you drank a bug that time. <laughs> I drank multiple bugs and <laughs> fucking get it wrong. <laughs> so through his teens, Ricky's behavior began to spiral. He would torment his parents, yelling for his mother from his bedroom. She'd come running to find him in his bed, his wrists dripping with what looked like blood. Then he'd start laughing at her maniacally when she realized it was tomato sauce. Whoa. <laughs> it's just fucking rude, hey? It's just a rude... It's not very... I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of a prank. Always have been. <laughs> but I don't, I don't want my mom to think I'm dead. But is that a, do you remember that time that we uh, tried to prank... Uh, Lucy. Yeah, actually, that was a good prank. We uh, we just we heard, we realized she was about to get home, and we so we just like laid on the floor and we were like, let's pretend to be dead. And um, <laughs> she came in and she didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> she walked over us. It was so yeah. Rude. She was like, she was just like, these guys are fucked up. <laughs> like they 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 uh, smoked too much weed or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, in hindsight. What a mean thing to do! <laughs> yeah, that is very mean. Because if we had been dead, she's she's wasting, wasting precious time. And like, also, she didn't try to give us CPR, anything. Even if she realized it was a prank, she still should have given us her satisfaction. Yeah, she should have played along. She should have played along. Like, I would have. You know, I do it all the time. Yeah. I work with kids. I play along with them all the time. Yeah, you or you know, they finger gun. You're like, oh, you shot me. Yeah, exactly. You know, if anything, I overdramatize it so that they have a nice memory to live upon. Yeah, you know, and they think of you. Anyway, this forever. is a public call out for Lucy. That was not cool. Yeah, that was not cool actually. Ricky developed a fascination with Satanism and the occult. An acquaintance, Mark Fisher, said. Ricky was of the devil. When he was on acid, he'd go into the dark woods and talk to the devil. He said the devil came to him in the form of a tree, which sprouted out of the ground and glowed. Another said, Ricky and the guy used to go down to the graveyard and tape themselves tripping on acid and dust. They thought it was the devil possessing them on tape. He would go to the cemeteries, smoke ten bags of angel dust, and try to get in touch with the devil. Shame, Satan, Satan, Satan. He was a drug fiend. That's all he was. That's imagine that being yeah. your reputation. Like that's all he was. That's, that's all he was was a <laughs> drug fiend. It would be, but but isn't his reputation though, right? Like maybe this that is he, why he went and 
further than this. Yeah, maybe maybe that's actually nicer to remember him as just a drug fiend. <laughs> it's just a wacky guy who smoked 10 <laughs> bags oh, of angel God dust damn, down Ricky. in the cemetery. <laughs> Rick, you were this PCP yeah. and Satan. <laughs> <laughs> it's a much nicer way to look at it. You yeah. know, oh, Ricky, you know, the guy who inspired Teenage Dirtbag. Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> what a guy. You know? He was he was a hoot. <laughs> what is in the in the cemetery? <laughs> so, Ricky's parents, they tried enrolling him into a community drugs program, but Ricky refused to attend. When Ricky started to express a desire to kill himself, they admitted him to a psychiatric ward, the South Oaks Psychiatric Hospital. A friend said Ricky recounted to him this experience. He told me the way he got out of South Oaks. He bullshitted. When he went in, they believed he worshipped Satan and shit, and he told the doctors he was fine, that he was going to go back to school and doesn't believe in Satan anymore, and they let him go. <laughs> Jeez. That's the fucking 80s for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, all right, he's cured. All right, sweet. <laughs> Off you go, you scamp. <laughs> no, more, no more fucking angel dust. <laughs> Eventually, Ricky's parents would kick him out of home, unable to deal with his frightening behavior and casual drug use. So Ricky would sleep in people's garages and in the nearby woods. And that that must be really tough to have a a kid that you just, like, can't help, you know? A kid that you can't relate to in the slightest. You know, you're like, you want to go play ball? And he's like, no, I'm 16 and I am... Yeah. Smoking PCP and worshiping the yeah, devil, dad. All right, <laughs> like I need having you. A, having a fucking PCP child. <laughs> like that must just be hell. Like, it must be very difficult. Yeah, it's like what what can you do at a certain point other than kick them out? You know, it's like you know that they're fine sleeping in the woods. So <laughs> maybe, maybe they make maybe it pretty better. well. You know, he seems like he lives more in the woods than he does in the real world. You know, he loves yeah. the fucking woods. But you know, as a, as you know, not me as a parent, but as a parent, it must be like, you know, you have this baby and you're like, oh, it's going to be awesome, you yeah. know, I can, you know, teach him how to bake cookies or whatever. I mean, it's just like, he's just constantly making jokes about his own suicide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and apparently, like, he um, he was just a normal kid and his all of his siblings were totally just normal and then he just went fucking nuts, started doing PCP. Yeah. I mean, I think, I'm sure this probably happened a lot more. Yeah, it probably is pretty common. I mean, maybe not the PCP Mm. and the satanic devil worshipping, though. So, here's when the story goes to shit. Yeah. In April 1983, age 16, Ricky decided he needed to obtain a human skull and was caught digging up colonial-era graves. Police arrested him at the scene and found in his pocket a list of dignitaries in hell. What does that mean? I guess that's, the, like, the people he wanted to meet in hell, maybe? Dignitaries in hell. <laughs> Who'd... I guess that's, like, what? Like, Hitler. Um, maybe, like, Napoleon. Uh, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> people who are, like, you know, uh, important, I suppose. But is that to you? Is that Was that people important to him? Or do you think it's... Who would be your yeah, dignitaries? In hell. In hell, yeah, not in heaven, hell. Hmm. Maybe Muammar Gaddafi. Yeah, why? <laughs> he was pretty funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be interested to see what he was getting up to down there. You know, if he was causing any mischief. So a month after the grave robbing incident, 
Ricky, who was still homeless, ended up in hospital with pneumonia. His parents tried to persuade the doctor to have him involuntarily committed, but they would not, claiming that while Ricky displayed antisocial behaviours, he was not actively psychotic. Over the next year, Ricky made an enemy in another teenager named Gary. Gary. <laughs> I always think that, like, who called that kid Gary? I always think that people make enemies. Yeah, true, true. Well, this, this one's pretty clear-cut, actually, how he made this enemy. Gary was a troubled kid, also, like Ricky. Not as bad as Ricky, but his, his lawyer would more say that uh, he wasn't a bad kid, that he just acted out. Yeah. One night at a party, while Ricky was passed out, Gary stored 10 bags of PCP from Ricky's pocket. When Ri- <laughs> Ricky was furious and it began a grudge that would never subside. So that's why he, they were enemies. Gary stole PCP. Right. We know Ricky fucking loved PCP. I mean, <laughs> it's his favorite. <laughs> you know, like, he just liked to live in the woods and do PCP, yeah. and Gary came along, you know, made and, this not a reality anymore, and so yeah. that makes a lot of sense. So, a friend recalled, when Ricky confronted him about it, Gary gave him back five bags, or went out, and he went out and worked so he could pay him back the rest. Gary was scared of him. Because every time they'd get together, Ricky would chew him out or beat the shit out of him. He never let him live it down. Because Ricky had the money, but he didn't have the vengeance. (laughs) (laughs) How do you live your life like this? I know, right? Like, (laughs) how do you live out there knowing there's this fucking crazy demon PCP addicted teenager (laughs) is going to beat the shit out of you every time he sees you? (laughs) <laughs> How old was Gary? He was also a teenager, wasn't he? he was just, yeah, he was like 16. I prefer to think of him as like a middle-aged <laughs> worker. <laughs> it's just like, oh, fuck, it's him again, man. Get out of here, no, Ricky. I, it's sadder than that. He was just another teenager. He he shouldn't have fucking stolen the PCP from him, but like... He knew yeah. how much he loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Gary worked out a payment plan to pay Ricky back the money he owed. During this time, Ricky was seen beating Gary on multiple occasions. Friends recalled Gary having gashes on his face and black eyes, blood noses and tattered clothes after Ricky would routinely decide it was time to keep Gary in check. (laughs) Gary confided in one friend, Ricky was an asshole, and Gary bought a knife to protect himself. Oh, man. I think he was more than an asshole. <laughs> That's think- what I was thinking about. You know, like, he's he's talking to his friend, and his friend's like, so, man, what's yeah. going on? You keep getting beaten up. He's like, you know yeah. what? You know, this Ricky guy, he's, he's, he's a, a real, real asshole. asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to get a knife. He's trying to kill me all the time. I took his PCP. Damn. Gary Cold. <laughs> Is there a year of when Gary stole Ricky's PCP? Yeah, it's in 1984. So it didn't take him long to pay it off? I guess it took him six months or so. I don't know. I guess $50 is a lot of money back in the 80s, right? Over next year, Rick. Yeah. Yeah, probably. The debt was eventually settled, and on June 19th, 1984, Casso invited Gary to join him and some other friends in the woods to get high together. Gary's friend Mike Menton recalled Gary saying... (laughs) Well, I guess it's safe for me to come down here now. I'm all paid off. I'm in good. It's safe. 
And it's worth noting, it was not fucking safe. <laughs> it was really not safe for him. <laughs> the, the, the guy that... And I read the reason he decided to come down with him. Like, he originally didn't. And then Ricky bought some donuts <laughs> and gave him donuts. I was like, we're cool, man. <laughs> and so he was convinced to go with his, like, abuser... Like his PCP addicted abuser into the woods because he bought him donuts. <laughs> I wouldn't leave his knife anymore. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that good. God damn it, Gary! You're actually such a fucking moron, but you're so lovable at the same time. Yeah, he is. He's just this idiot who made a mistake. <laughs> He's just a dumbass. Of stealing of stealing from the scariest teenager <laughs> that ever lived. The boys spent the night taking what they thought was mescaline. Mescaline. But it was actually mescaline? Yep. It was most likely low-grade acid and not mescaline. They were trying to start a bonfire, but it was a wet night, and the wood they were using was too damp to catch a light. Ricky was getting frustrated, so Gary threw his socks on the fire to stoke it, (laughs) and then the sleeves of his jacket... And the fire was now alive. Gary is such a fucking honorable man. I, I feel like he's he's really just he's trying to like ingratiate himself with Ricky. Like he thinks that he needs to like be Ricky's like best friend now. I don't know. Like, I mean, their lives have been tangled for so long, right? All over fifty dollars. Yeah. I don't know, man. He's, he threw his mm. socks on the fire and the sleeves <laughs> of his jacket. How did he get the sleeves of his jacket off? I guess he ripped them off. He, like, turned his jacket into a vest. <laughs> I, I did this for you, Ricky. <laughs> I made my jacket a vest. Oh. So, as the effects of the hallucinogens began to take hold, Gary began to feel paranoid, and he said to Ricky, I'm getting the vibe that you're going to murder me. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky denied this. Hey, yeah, man, Ricky nah, look, I'm, I'm not going to murder you, man. He's got his fingers crossed behind his back, you know? <laughs> But before too long, Ricky and Gary were fighting on the ground. According to witness Albert Quinones, Gary got up to his feet after wrestling with Ricky. Then Ricky shot up and bit him on the neck and ear, and then started stabbing him repeatedly, telling Gary, Say you love Satan! And Gary wouldn't say that, instead saying, I love my mother! Ricky stabbed Gary to death. And then he took him into the woods and covered his body with leaves. Jeez. Yeah. Why and, wouldn't uh, he just say you love Satan? Yeah, and I mean, I think he was going to kill him anyway. He was honorable but... to the last moment, you know? Although I was really hoping, when you were saying that, I was really hoping that Gary was going to get a last shot in and say, I love your mother. <laughs> <laughs> or he was going to say, like, I love PCP, that's why I took it from me. <laughs> The only thing I love is hard drugs, man, and good times, and this is Neva. <laughs> it wasn't out of character for Gary to leave town without notice, and no one, including his parents, reported him missing to police. Oh, that's and sad. And this, this bit's the kicker. His mother eventually started to call around, wondering if anyone had seen Gary, but only after she received a phone call by someone telling her she would never see her son again because they had murdered him. Oh, no! I know, right? Like, she didn't go to the police. She just started calling, like, people's friends. Gary's friends. I mean, just the idea of not knowing where your son is at all. Not really caring when someone just calling off and being like, yeah, no, he's gone, dude. He's, yeah. he's been, he was murdered in the woods by a psycho. And she's just like... Yeah. Uh... And I, I, I don't... Like, I don't think 
and it's it's a bit tough because it's like obviously the parents aren't there to defend themselves, and I don't think any of them ever wanted to talk to the press because it's like they would probably be uh, they'd probably get some shade, you know, by other parents out there. They'd probably get called like bad parents, you know. So none of them ever came out. They just call them like. I can imagine that, you know, of like the the you know the Catholic families in the area being like, oh, you know, you know Nancy over there, her son's addicted to PCP. You know? <laughs> but he he's kind of handsome, isn't he? Oh, you know Teresa's boy, right? Hail Satan, you know, like <laughs> lives in the forest. Ricky's friend Mark Fisher claimed that one night in June, Ricky crashed at his house and woke up in the middle of the night, believing there was people in his room saying he thought people were haunting him. In the weeks after Gary's death, Ricky took many of his friends and acquaintances to view the body. He claimed that during the killing, Satan came to him in the form of a black crow and cawed his approval. When asked why he did it, Ricky just said, for kicks. It wasn't until the 4th of July that police would uncover Gary's body, after an anonymous tip from someone that overheard a rumour at school that Gary had been murdered. Ricky was arrested two days later, as he was walking out of the squad car into the jail, cameras caught him mid-yell, mouth agape, his eyes wild, his hair disheveled, on his shirt, the face of a demon, and in huge type, the letters, ACDC. Did you see the photo up there? Yeah, yeah, I see it. Can you describe what he looks like? <laughs> he just looks like a loon, right? Yeah, I know, right? He just, I don't know, like, for some reason, looking at him, he's- Keeps coming to mind. <laughs> We're not gonna say his name. <laughs> I'll say his name. He, I don't give a shit. I look at Cameron now. He's not coming for me. He looks uh, like. Yeah, he'll come for me. <laughs> I see him all the time at his work. <laughs> <laughs> he looks. He looks nuts. Like he looks. He's... He looks nuts. He looks actually mm. like a loon. I don't know. Yeah. How better to describe it? But he reminds me a lot of um. You know, like, his early photos of, like, Manson? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that. The next day, Ricky hanged himself in his cell. He was dead at 17. Man. Northport police immediately characterized the murder as a satanic ritual killing. That night, it issued a press release to the citizens of Northport. It said that Ricky Casso was a member of a satanic cult fueled by drugs and rock music. The Knights of the Black Circle, a group of youths that partook in rituals honoring the devil. The report said that the killing of Gary Laws was ordered by Satan. The news spread worldwide. Gary's dad, Herbert, was forced to publicly defend his son, who, despite being the victim of murder, was being portrayed as a cult member himself. The first people to deny these accusations were the people that knew Northport and its murderer and murder victim the best, its youth. They knew that the Knights of the Black Circle wasn't a cult. It wasn't even really a group. It was at best a loosely defined collection of friends and acquaintances who bought, sold, and took drugs and hung around a park gazebo. Etched <laughs> onto the wood of that gazebo were the words Acid King, and underneath that, Black Sabbath. After Ricky's arrest and subsequent suicide, the kids of Northport sanded his mark away by hand. They lamented the hit to Northport's reputation and their perceived guilt by association, but they always knew it was overblown. Ricky was an outsider. He hated authority and pushed away from his parents in whatever way he could. One kid said, It wasn't a cult. 
it was basically a group of kids that came down here who were basically castaways, and they gave this place a bad name. But the expressions of some kids didn't stop the satanic profiling, or the same fears being stoked whenever a kid went bad, the process of identifying a new scapegoat. Because it was probably easier to think of Ricky's actions as supernaturally evil. Maybe Satanism is less frightening than the idea that your kid or the kid next door could go nuts and kill somebody. Perhaps there's an aspect of control in having an identifiable black and white evil, because the real dangers out there are much more complex. But in filtering out certain music or board games, or whatever it might be one considers immoral, it's kind of like picking out and presenting a brand new forbidden apple. Because sometimes growing up is wanting to do exactly what you're taught not to. It's a, it's a t spooky fucking story, man. Ricky was a hard team. I would not <laughs> fuck with that guy. He looked actually insane. Yeah, I wouldn't fuck with And he Ricky. obviously was actually insane. Like, Ricky, man, why you gotta do Gary like that? So hard. And Gary would also... be such a bitch. <laughs> I, do you feel like, you know, what, what do you think was up with Ricky? Do you think he was a genuine Satanist? No, I think it's probably just, you know, it's what's the most rebellious thing you can do of that age? Probably hail Satan, right? And then probably mm. mix with either like an underlying mental illness or just, you know, the fact that yes. he was the acid king. He'd taken so many psychedelics that, you know, I'm not really one to believe that it will like, you know, turn you criminally insane or anything like that, but it definitely doesn't help. It can throw yeah, you through the loop I mean, pretty hard, I would say, especially depending think, on how many I think especially taking. the PCP. PCP was... Yeah, the PCP is probably the issue there, to be honest. I think, yeah. you know, he probably was a good kid. He just, mm. you know, kind of wrecked himself and wanted to be rebellious. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, like every school probably has kids like him. It's just most don't get to a point where they are actually murderous, you know? I mean, we had one. Uh, yeah, we had a couple people like that. Like, we knew some people like Ricky Casso. I mean, we knew someone who was basically Ricky Casso. Well, you're talking about uh, Twitch. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking more like Vesco. <laughs> I mean, what I really want to know is what's up with Gary. You know? <laughs> I think Gary was, uh... He was probably looking for some approval. Maybe he didn't have any money, and that's why he stole that PCP, you know? Yeah. Um, he needed to sell and make some money, but then it kind of seemed like he was like desperate for the approval of um of, of Ricky. Ricky in a way, of like the guy who was basically beating the shit out of him like whenever he wanted to. And they ended up still wanting to hang out with him, you know. Like there's something off about that. I mean, if you look at the two photos we got of Ricky, right? Look at the first one again. Like. That kid looks like he would beat the shit out of me whenever he wanted. Oh, totally. This kid is a... This isn't a fucking kid. Yeah. This is a... Like, that's a fully grown man. But I also feel like I always think that whenever I see, like, a kid in the 80s, they look like just adults, you know? Mm. I mean, it's because they didn't sit down so much. <laughs> True. Yeah. Hey, well, he was... There wasn't computers, so you just go out to cemeteries fucking digging <laughs> up skulls. PCP. Taking PCP. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, I don't know. Do you remember anything uh, being banned when you were a kid? I remember kids having to leave the room in school when Harry Potter was mentioned. Like, but what? 
yeah, I remember sometimes, like, the teachers would talk about the new Harry Potter book in primary school, and some kids would have to leave the room because, like, their parents didn't let them, like, uh, talk no about way. witchcraft. Really? Yeah. Yeah, That's I remember that. fucking insane. I remember... I remember, like... San Andreas, Granddaughter San Andreas. Oh, yeah, when that got banned. Oh, the, the video game Bully wasn't allowed to be called Bully. Yeah, it got changed to Candace Candom Edit. In um, fact, Australia Australia was pretty gun-ho with banning quite a few video games. There's a lot of... Yeah, I mean, that's an entire another episode worth of content. You know what? We might even get there, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we might do that eventually. There's a, lo- there's a lot to dig in there. But um, I remember when Granddaughter San Andreas was banned, and that was, uh, that was big. So I remember so it was before sex. I owned it. No, it wasn't yeah. it was because that kid went like crazy or whatever, and he killed like you know six people with a gun or something like that in America. Was it? Yeah, I mean, but that then, happens all then, the time in America. Yeah, I mean, this was like you know, whenever it would have been two thousand like six or something like that, two thousand five. Mm. Um, and he it was blamed on San Andreas, right? So the kid was like, no, no, I said I, you know, I lost track of reality. I've been playing too much San Andreas or something like that, right? All right. That's how that came to be. I believe from memory. I, was I, I thought it was banned because you could, uh, there was like the hot coffee, the hot coffee feature, mod. whatever I it was mean, called. The hot coffee mod was like, that was a mod that came out. In the, yeah. Like that was originally in the game, then it got cut, then people found a way to like make it come back out or whatever, but that, mm. that, that, that has nothing yeah. to do with being banned. But I remember being mad it got banned because I didn't own it yet. Yeah. Right? Like I, I remember, um... Like, there was like this this type of like Lego block, but it wasn't Lego. It was like made of metal. Mm. Like it would be some like liquid metal, and you like solidified it, or they like joined together or something. And they would advertise them on like Cartoon Network like all the time, and then they got banned because they had like lead in them. <laughs> Dude, kids and lead, man. Why do they love it so much? You know, yeah. <laughs> my kids always lick lead and shit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Dude, they love it, yeah. man. They want their toys to be made out of it, dude. They'd eat it if they could. Apparently, apparently, lead actually is very sweet tasting. Apparently, it, it um doesn't it doesn't taste like shit. You know what isn't sweet tasting? <laughs> what Nintendo Switch cartridges? Yeah, damn. Yeah, you've had some experience with that, hey. I, I every time I pick one up, I lick it out of habit at Do this you? point. Yeah, because I've got to remember oh, what yeah. the bad taste is. I haven't actually licked one. You gotta lick one. Man. I have one right here. Do it. Do Should it right do now. It? Do it right now. Alright, this is... I'm gonna be sampling Astro Chain. Do you, do you lick the front or the back or what? Do you just lick the whatever plastic bit you can get your tongue around. Oh, man. I'm nervous to do this. Alright. Three, two... Ugh! Yeah. That's a yeah. taste of chemicals been implanted into that cartridge to make sure you don't Ugh. eat it. Yeah, damn. What what would be worse to to taste that or to to actually ingest it? Like, I think that eating it would be fine or... because I think if it like it tastes like that to like to make kids not want to eat it, right? So a kid picks it maybe, up. Maybe maybe it's so they don't choke on it. Actually, it has nothing to do with them choking on it. Well, I mean, it does technically. They don't want the, at the end of the story. They don't want the kids eating the cartridges, right? What's a way that you could deter kids from eating cartridges other than making them too big to eat? Mm. So you make him taste yeah. bad. Kid picks it up, licks it, goes, oh, don't like that. Throws it against, you know, throws it away. Doesn't Man, kids it. are kids are fucking stupid. Kids are real dumb. It's frustrating scared how to have dumb a child ever. You know, yeah. I was at work today, and it was this kid, and he was just standing and spinning in a circle, and just screaming at the top of his lungs, and he did it for like five <laughs> minutes, and I was like, what the? Yeah, fuck? they can do that. 
they can do that, and I bet they don't even get a sore throat. That's the from, thing, man. They're like, so buoyant, you know. Like I was reading this, I was reading this article telling about how kids are better pro athletes than athletes are because their bodies, yeah. like regenerate so quickly. Uh, they, I remember you that. Know, if, if a you kid, just, if like, a kid had long legs, he could be faster than any other fucking pro yeah. athlete out there. But, you could just like run all day as a child, like yeah. we all could. It was just like you could you could literally ride a bike all day. Now I can't even and break into half a sprint without feeling it for the next two days. You know, <laughs> I can barely ride a fucking bike without my legs feeling like they're like made of metal. Yeah, it's bad, yeah. man. It's it's really bad. It's crazy how quickly it sneaks up on you. You know, yeah. the the mortal coil and all that. And you know what? It's yeah. only gonna get worse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe if you, I might join like a, a free running gym or something. I don't know. Yeah, you're not going to do that. Um, you'll do I, that I, at one time. You'll do that at one time. And then you'll, you'll be like, all oh, these guys at the gym, they think they're better than me because they're taller. All right, we just got some housekeeping to do. Thanks so much for checking us out again. So we're now on Apple Podcasts, guys. So leave us a review on there, and we'll give you a shout-out on the show. And uh, follow us on Instagram at whyaretheymadpod, and we'll give you a shout-out too. And uh, here are our shout-outs for this week. Lucy. My mom, Shan, Misha, Aaron, Annalise, Jess, Chloe, Campbell, Beck, Turby, and James. Thanks, guys. Thanks for helping us out. If you liked us, let us know. And if you hated us, let us know that too. Because, uh, you know, we're okay with either. We'll be back next week, and it'll be something less dark. It's not going to have any any suicides, any murders, anything like that. Hope you guys liked it. Did Aaron like it? That's cool. Yeah, Aaron. Why do you have to be mad? Why do you have to be mad? Why do you have to be mad? Right in front of me!